What's good people, it's Ocean here, welcome to the podcast, this is episode number 4 and today we have got a special guest, my best friend Jacob. Right now he's doing amazing things, he did the soundtrack to the Travis Scott documentary that was released on Netflix last year. He went number one with Russ on his latest album and he just released a new sick plugin called Octave, so we get into all of that in this conversation. He drops major, major gems, listen right to the end. Before you even listen to the podcast though, I really need you to do me a huge, huge favour. Please, 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 if you're listening on Apple, leave a review right now. If you leave a review, I'll shout you out in the next episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment. Yeah, sit back, enjoy. Let's get into it. Ocean Gango Drown. What's good, people? It's Ocean here. Welcome back to the Ocean Podcast. Today, I got a very, very special guest with me. I got my best friend, Jacob. What's good, bro? How's everything? Yeah, I'm even more than a special guest, right? I'm your best friend. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, how's it going? I'm good, man. How's everything? Uh, great. I know you're doing a lot of a lot of exciting things. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I've been quite busy over the past. Uh, I mean, honestly, probably the past twelve months or so. But uh, this month has really picked up. Uh, I'm going to be releasing my first debut sample pack, and uh, I'm releasing that in collaboration with an instrument that I created. Uh, so I'm sure we'll get into all that. But yeah, in general, doing good. I'm here in Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm uh, not touching anybody's hands. I'm not touching my face. I'm trying to protect <laughs> myself from this coronavirus. I cannot go down at this moment. I'm too busy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, uh, honestly, everything is good. I can't complain. How about yourself? Everything's good, man. Um, just out here working, just doing the same thing that I always do. Good here. Bro, is... um. Is the is the coronavirus like a big thing in Canada right now? Is everyone going crazy? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is the simple fact that we're so close to the States. I know you're in Europe, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I can only imagine what you guys are going through over there. But uh, um, yeah, we're pretty close to the States. So anytime the States makes a decision like they did last night, um, it has obviously an impact on us financially and other mm-hmm. other ways. Um, I think for producers in general, the way that it's affecting most individuals is A, there's a lot of people um, that, you know, can't show up for work or they have to work from home. This can have a benefit if it doesn't have any sort of like financial uh, downside to you that like, yeah, you could be home like making beats every day, which is dope <laughs> uh, as long as you're yeah. not, you know, losing any money or anything. But then um, a, a bigger thing that I'm realizing, I travel a lot and, uh, you know, with borders being shut down and flight restrictions and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I know a lot of, of my producer friends are, are canceling their trips to L.A. and writing sessions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's funny how these things uh, are even fa- affecting the producer community as a whole as well, too. Yeah, especially because if you're, if you're working in different places a lot, yeah, you have to travel. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit crazy. You know what the, what the maddest thing is? Because I never really I didn't really I wasn't paying too much attention to the whole coronavirus thing. I didn't realize how serious it was. And literally just before I called you, my dad calls me and he's like, you need to go out, you need to get toilet paper, make sure you stock on it. I went to the supermarket and it was all sold out. So like, you have to do that. Like, <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna admit something here. Uh, 
and I'm going to have to go in the other room after this and tell her uh, that she was right. My girlfriend, uh, she was super prepared, and she ordered a bunch of stuff, like, literally a month ago. Like, she even put um, an axe. She ordered an axe for the car, which I was like, what are we going to use that for? <laughs> Hand sanitizer, all that stuff, masks. Uh, so she fully prepared us. And, uh, you know, in my head at the time, I was like, what? You're blowing this out of proportion. This is crazy. Yeah. And now um, I'm happy to say that I have that axe, and I'm ready for whatever comes. <laughs> Damn, prepared that's that's it <laughs> yeah but uh, obviously it, hopefully it doesn't get to that point because uh, hopefully yeah man it's all about uh, it's all about music and stuff right now man and making making some beats yeah exactly so bro usually when i when there's someone who's on the, the podcast for the first time i like to take it all the way back like to the early beginnings of young jacob <laughs> in canada yeah yeah, let, let's go back. Tell me about, like, growing up and, and music and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it's funny. Music is a big part of my life. My dad was in probably one of the first hip-hop groups in Canada in, like, mm-hmm. 88 or 89. They were called LCP, oh, wow. which stood for Last Chance to Party, and also Leather Cat Posse. They were in that era of, like, Public Enemy and stuff like that. And I actually have... Mm-hmm. Um, I have a book somewhere in this room. It's uh, all these vintage rap tees, and it's so funny. I bought it a couple years ago, and one of the T-shirts uh, actually has because uh, they toured with like Ice T and some people like that. Um, you, mm-hmm. Their their names are on the the, the T-shirt, uh, which I just thought was so funny. It was like from '88 or '89, somewhere around that time period. So music's always been something that's been a part of my life, and obviously, um, you know, because it was rap um, from an early age, I uh, had like access to all of the classics from. Style to like Illmatic, like you name it, um, it was on, yeah. it was down in the basement, and I was allowed to listen to it. So, yeah, from an early age, uh, music was always something that was, you know, important to me, important in our household. I never knew that it would turn into this until I was about like 15 or 16 and got my mm-hmm. first cracked version of FL Studio <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, started making beats. And that's when things kind of changed for me in that sense when I realized, like, Hey, this is as fun as uh, you know playing a video game. But at the end of the day, I walk away with something, which was you know yeah. a, a beat that my friends could rap on. So um, that's what really really got me all into it. Okay, sick. And um, in the beginning, was it hip hop beats you was making as well? Yeah, definitely. It was like super sample, like uh, Alchemist, uh, mm. Ninth Wonder. It was like that era. Like I was really into okay. uh, Little Brother, things of that nature. Um, and then obviously at the same time, because at this point I'm like, you know, I don't know, 14, 15, whatever it is, like Soldier Boy, um, all yeah. that all that type of stuff. And like it was, it's funny to now look back and know that they were all using FL Studio as well too. So it was like this really cool time period in like 2009 or 10 or something like that where um, mm-hmm. There was just a whole bunch of. I mean, feel, I feel like everybody put FL on their PC for the first time and just started making, yeah. making beats and music and stuff. But yeah, everything was was music focused and like I got a turntable and records from my grandparents' house and yeah, I just started chopping up samples and stuff like that. Mm. I feel like in that time period, FL was kind of the most accessible, mm-hmm. the most easiest to like get a cracked version and just start yeah. making beats at, yes. ASAP because I. I remember um, I downloaded like a cracked version of FL on my, on my computer around that time, like 2010. And um, I went to a music producer, like someone who was kind of established. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I got FL. I'm going to start making beats. And literally he just shut me down. He's like, you can't make beats on <laughs> FL. FL's not professional. You need to use Logic. Yeah. You, you need to get Logic. And at the time, you know, Logic is only on Mac. 
if you're like too. if you're like 14 15 how are you gonna get i mean unless you've got it like that which i didn't there was no <laughs> way i was gonna get a mac yeah so yeah no i FL feel was like one. the true one the the true early one i guess yeah i have a bunch of, it's funny i have a bunch of uh have you did you ever uh, uh read the magazine um called um uh, I'm blanking on the right name right now. Uh, the, uh, no, it's done by the source. It's called Scratch Magazine. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at that? Okay, no, I never read that before. So Scratch Magazine was like one of the first and only hip hop production magazines. It was done by the source, and it came out. And it's so funny. I have a. I went and bought a bunch of them off of eBay for like a buck each. There's interviews mm-hmm. with like Dr. Dre, Kanye, like Kanye West before he was big, like anybody you can name. But uh, one of the things I think is the funniest is like FL three, Fruity Loops three or four is being promoted in all of them and it looks so bad it looks horrible i'll have to like scan these and send them to you because i honestly feel like the producer community should read these because one of the things i thought was so crazy is like there was all these a and r's and producers for g unit uh all kinds of people Mm. at the time that were popping and they literally in the in the um uh, they literally gave out their phone number their email address everything that you could possibly do to contact them and for some crazy oh, wow. reason as like a 15 or 16 year old kid i read all that stuff and thought eh, cool and just didn't do anything yeah. <laughs> like the fact that oh, you know shy money xl uh you know was placing all these records for g unit and he literally gave out all of this information and here i was as like a dumb 15 year old kid with it in in scratch magazine being like uh yeah whatever i'm just gonna go back and make some more beats like and i didn't send him <laughs> like a cd is crazy to me who knows where i would have been if that would have happened you know yeah, that is true. Yeah. I need to. I need to. I need to look up this Scratch magazine. I never yeah. heard of it before. Yeah, it's great. I used to really be into Double um, XL mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, but yeah, that that sounds sick. So yeah, so you was producing on FL Studio, and then what did you start taking it serious in your teenage years? Then yeah, so it was one of those things. I've always had this love for film. I think that comes from my grandfather. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a film nut, and I've always had this love for music. Um, and so when I graduated high school, it was like, do I want to go to film school or do I want to go to do like um, uh, audio program? I decided to go with the audio program for the fact, I think at the time, it was, I mean, it's, it, it's only a year long program. So I think that was kind of like the deciding factor, whereas film was like four years. So I just decided to, uh, yeah, I decided to go for a year. And similar to your experience that you just mentioned, um, you know, I remember uh, asking why we didn't have auto tune and my teacher being like if they can't sing then they shouldn't be in here recording and this is around the time like mm. little wayne heavy using autotune and stuff like that so yeah you know i'm not gonna sit here and say that uh, that experience really changed or shaped me or anything but it was kind of mm-hmm. like my the next step for me and the next progression into like you know using an ssl for the first time and again like you said having a mac you know what i mean these are all things that like i didn't have access to um and it kind of started me uh on that uh in, yeah going into that world so a lot of people always ask me if they should go to to school for audio mm-hmm. or music production or anything like that i've had a few guests on who have gone to school for that personally i've, I've never done that yeah so I, it's hard for me to answer because i don't know if it's worth it or not mm-hmm. what what's your perspective on it my perspective is that uh, I think a general school can be a great 
place. Um, you know, there's a lot that I learned from a, like a community standpoint, from a friendship standpoint and from a relationship standpoint. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I'm never going to say that if you went to full sale or any of those big schools that you wouldn't get, you know, the hundred grand that you, that you put into it out because you might through relationships and stuff like that. But when it comes to actually like learning and stuff, um, if you really want to be in the dirt, um, it's not behind a book. It's, it's learning and applying. And it's funny. It's, it's your channel. It's busy works beats. It's all, all these people that I am still watching their channels learning uh, through their mm -hmm. tutorials and stuff like that, that um, uh, I'm able to kind of keep growing and stuff. And so I think there's this whole wave of, of, of kids, which I'm, I'm super happy and like uh, I'm proud that we've come to this point where like we're continuing to learn off each other as like a as a community. And so, you know, when someone finds a little hack or a gem or whatever that they want to share in FL Studio and they share that to the world, uh, it helps that a person get one step closer to achieving their dreams. So salute to you for all that you do with your channel and everybody else um, out there Thanks, in man. kind of the YouTube world, because I feel for like a long time that was seen as just like the B, you know what I mean? Like the A was go to school, all this type of stuff. But like, mm -hmm. again, from my own personal perspective, like I wish I was 16 years old and I could have found out like, I can't tell you how long I used to chop everything up in, I think it was cool edit pro at the time. And then, because at the time, like I didn't understand that there was patterns. And then there was also song mode in FL studio. If oh, I just yeah, would have yeah. known something as simple as that and had somebody show me my life would have been totally different because like when I wanted to use samples and stuff, I had to do it there and I had to do drums over here and like, you know what I mean? But I didn't have YouTube at the time. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm still using, you know, obviously the platform to learn and, and teach myself. And I think that's something as a, as a, as a community, we've done really well. And like, and we invest in ourselves and, uh, it's, 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 it's a great thing to see. So would you say like, um, from that course that you did, there's anything that's in particular helped with your music production that you still use today? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah, absolutely not. And uh, But that, here's the reason. Uh, I went to school. I learned how to use Pro Tools, how to track a full band, SSL console, all these things that mm -hmm. nobody has access to when you leave school. And that's the one thing that we don't okay. really touch on is like it's amazing to go and have uh, – you know, $10,000 microphones and all that type of stuff, but real, you know, what's the real chances of you leaving and actually being able to apply any of that, that knowledge. And at this point, I'm so far removed from it that I don't even remember half the things that I was taught. Whereas like, mm -hmm. if I can just watch, you know, a tutorial on YouTube, go and make a beat, uh, place that with a rapper, not only make some money, but get some more skills that way and keep growing. I think that's like a quicker, easier way for you to kind of like enter the um, nobody. Basically, what I'm just trying to say is like um, when it comes to music and production, I don't think uh, it's like other fields where like you need a degree. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of yeah, people yeah. like myself. I have no music theory. But yet I scored like a, a big uh, documentary. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. I have zero music theory. So like you can do anything as long as you put in that um, that hard work and that effort and you can make anything happen and you have a world of knowledge to, to support you in that. Yeah. You know, um, I've done podcasts with two other people who went to like audio engineering, that kind of route in, in university. And they all say the same thing. It's good for networking and meeting people and building relationships that way and that they don't get the value in terms of like the music production out of it that all yeah. came 
from themselves just putting in the hours so yeah exactly and that's, this is like the third time hearing it so yeah yeah and if people are listening that's your answer you got it three times now yeah and then uh uh you know cherry on top is remember that the people that are teaching you are not a part of the culture sometimes so like again when I said auto-tune, he was like, you can't, uh, no, if you can't use auto-tune, uh, they shouldn't be uh, in here, you, like, recording, they're not ready yet, whereas, like, Little yeah. Wayne, all these guys, like, if I would have went to a big studio not knowing how to use auto-tune, I would have been kicked out, so just remember that the trendsetters and the culture is usually always dictated by the youth, where are the youth, they're on YouTube and all these other places that you should also be learning from them, because if the next wave is something that some 16-year-old kid makes in his apartment in New York or wherever he is, is or she is um that is going to be the new thing that people are going to be asking for when you're mixing and doing their their stuff and so like where are you going to get that from why not be a part of that Mm -hmm. that whole new wave you know what i mean so uh yeah all right so you finished audio school what was your next move after that uh my next move was uh you know the the trajectory of trying to like break into the industry and obviously that came i come from a like a small town on the east coast of canada so uh my mm-hmm. first step was was breaking into to that um industry there and then toronto and la and all those all those bigger markets and stuff too but like most individuals it's 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 kind of finding a group of people that believe in the same thing that you do in your hometown and just kind of building with them. And uh, luckily for me, um, a couple of those friends, um, which I, you know, always believed in now here, you know, five, 10 years later are all doing incredible things as well too. And, and luckily for me, I've been able to join them on that journey. And then through that process also kind of do my own thing as well too. So once you, once you like found those people, Mm -hmm. And you started working and doing your own thing and stuff like that. Did that is that what led you to work on the Travis Scott documentary? Yeah. So my good friend of like fourteen years, his name's Tyler. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we uh, at the time after I graduated community college for the audio program, we moved out together. We got an apartment um and we went splits again remember i always had this love for film and 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 everything so we went splits on our first camera on our first uh uh, mac together for you know editing and uh together kind of just kept growing and when he finished university he decided to go out to la kind of i think more so kind of on a whim like hey i'm just gonna go for a couple weeks i just finished you know four or five years of of university and he never came back (laughs) uh he went out there and he um started making connections and saw that this was the place Mm -hmm. like for him to kind of grow and so um he was actually my first introduction into like getting into la and stuff like that um because you know he had an apartment he had all those things he had kind of did the hard work of opening some doors um and so uh yeah when i was comfortable enough i i I you know made the move essentially and uh, went mm-hmm. down there and started working in a lot of video stuff with him. Um, long story short, okay. uh, yeah, it was it was through him that he actually directed the um, Travis Scott documentary. Um, his name's White Trash Tyler is what he goes by right now, and he's like a big part of that kind of Cactus Jack family. You've probably seen multiple videos and and things that he's done with uh, Travis and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, yeah, it was through him that uh, we do a lot of like all of our, our bigger projects in the beginning have always been together whether it's me helping him you know editing or sound design and stuff like that and so with the actual documentary itself um i helped him edit it um but i also ended up doing a lot of the audio so you know part of the sound design and and the score was that your first time doing doing 
the audio side of uh, of video, like the uh, sound scoring and that. It wasn't. Um, it like I've had other gigs and stuff before. Um, uh, I did stuff for like Kanye West. I did stuff for like um, some Nike commercials and Adidas and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But again. <laughs> all of those times to me, uh, just like a lot of people that might be listening right now, uh, they're all just like these big learning curves and experiences uh, where like I'm constantly just like learning as I'm going. So with all of those projects and including the the, the Travis film, it's like um, you're just kind of like, you know, I know how to EQ and clean up vocals. So why can't I just try that on an audio track from a camera? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there might the audio, the mic might have dropped out but they're outside by a street. So why can't I add some like sound design and add some street noises and stuff like that? And so one thing kind of snowballs into the next and eventually you get to a place where you realize like, whoa, I did like, you know, 50 or 60% of like the sound on this or like, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's not anything that I'm necessarily trying to do. Like I I don't want to do that as like a, a career or anything like production is definitely my go-to, but, uh, I've Mm -hmm. always tried to steer everything that I do with the visual stuff back to audio because I just love audio, you know? So, yeah. So what, what's that process like? Cause I imagine that being quite different from beat making. Are you literally like having the video in front of you mm-hmm. and then you kind of compose what you what you think would go with that clip? Uh, man, I think some this is going to be a side note, but sometime uh, I'd love to show you, like we, me and you should like try and do something uh, where I walk you through all the steps because I've, I've gotten so many of these questions and the answer is it's exactly like beat making. And I want to like, oh, wow. I want to tell more people that because I want more people doing this. A, there's not enough like representation when it comes to people that, you know, look like me and you and stuff like that. But B, it can mm-hmm. be like something where you can have like an actual career and make money off of this stuff. But yeah, I did everything in FLC studio so um a lot of people don't know that there is the fruity video player so um yeah basically uh when a part would get done i'd open up the video player um to be honest with you it's not even the greatest thing like i think it's probably one of the last resources that or um one of the last plugins that uh, fl studio probably has put in the time and, and thought into so it doesn't work that great so a lot of the stuff i just i did by listening um it's not okay. it's honestly it's the same thing as like if we're rappers, let's just say if you got a freestyle, you would be able to compose mm-hmm. a, a, a beat around it because you know when the parts should have a dropout or should they should have they should get amped up. And, you know, we do all these things in other forms and ways. And I think the film is the exact same way where, like, you know, if somebody's getting emotional, you don't want like 808s and you know what I mean? It's distortion. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might want piano and some other pieces. And then when people, you know, when Travis is on stage or whatever, you want it to ramp up. So you want like synths and high strings and stuff like that. So uh, it's honestly just like listening to what's going on in the scene and then just building it out mm. it's it's not anything too crazy and like i said i did it all i did the entire film in fl studio which i'm gonna go on record and say i'm probably the first and maybe only person to have ever done this um but uh, yeah. i'm saying that because i think and i want more people to 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 use um that tool set um because yeah it's 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 a whole new world of opportunity yeah that's i didn't actually know you could do something like that in fl studio yeah. you need like a a video breakdown of, yeah. of how you did it or something, you yeah, know, we should do it for behind sure. the scenes. Yeah. That's sick. So yeah, we, you done the Travis Scott documentary. I watched that and it was crazy to see like the transitions in between 
in between songs. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying there was uh, the butterfly effect that was it was kind of continuous. Yeah. Throughout like a, a a long period of time, but in different ways. Yes, exactly. So you had like the car version, you uh-huh. had the the concept version, the studio version. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of one of those things that I learned like um you know, a little technique or whatever is like, I mean, the biggest thing when it comes to film, and this is, I guess, the separation between film and like music production is like with music production, it's all about the beat. With film, Mm -hmm. you never want to take away from what's happening on screen. Um, So when it comes to like butterfly effect, that's a great example. Like we consciously um, thought about um, the scene and we wanted something that cohesively kind of mixed it all together we didn't want it to feel like 10 different parts because that's what it kind of felt like in the beginning and so you're without you even really knowing you're hearing butterfly effect slowly build up from the car to the studio all the way to on stage um and that's honestly just using a bunch of different effects and uh again being really subtle so you might have I don't know, the melody, I can't remember off the top of the head exactly how it goes, but let's just say if the melody from Butterfly Effect is happening, I might go really light with like a piano that's really soft, and then you start mm-hmm. adding new elements and more and more till finally you transition to, boom, he's on stage and, and you get to hear the full track. So, yeah, when it comes to like, um, you'd, be, you'd be surprised when it comes to um, the, the, the film side of things, uh, directors and, and for viewers, they usually want less, they don't want more. Just like music okay. production, but um, the opposite yeah. of that is like you're always just trying to tell the story and you don't want to distract. So if you come in and, and have like a crazy, weird synth sound, it might sound amazing. But if the listeners watching and they're like, whoa, what was that? And they don't think about what's happening in the scene, that can be like detrimental to a film. So, yeah, as long as basically at the end of the day, as long as nobody says that they uh, hated <laughs> the uh, music in the film, uh, you're pretty much good. <laughs> you're pretty much good to go. Um, <laughs> Because there's a lot of films we all watch that we probably never um, even recognize, like the music going on. But that's what you want to happen as like, a, I guess, like a film composer is like you want it to be so seamless. Yeah. And, and it's almost like it's all mixed together. Like that is probably the best compliment is like nobody saying anything because you're like, yes, it didn't take away from it. Mm-hmm. With With that, would you say a lot of it was... Like, what, where was the balance? Was there a lot of composing yourself and you actually making the music? Or was a lot of it mixing and making sure the audio tied in well to the video? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it's two parts. Definitely a lot of... I can't... Like, this was one of those projects where, like, I can't tell you how many project files I have. <laughs> you know, that... Uh, you know, because, like, every time you move a little piece of video you have to change the audio. Like, you know, if, if the video gets moved to like 10 seconds shorter, your song's not mm-hmm. going to work anymore. So I have multiple uh, sessions and stuff. But yeah, in general, uh, I tried everything. Because like I said, like I don't have music theory or any of that stuff. So I was always kind of just guessing every day and uh, kind of guessed my way until the end. But also, um, because I have this other other element of like, Hey, I know how to stretch a sample and I know how to use gross beat and stuff. Well, why would, why don't I apply those same sort of techniques to either his music that's already done or things that are happening in the in the camera audio and stuff. So you're right, a lot mm-hmm. of it too. There's a lot of parts where like I'm not necessarily playing anything, but like a crazy long delay goes into his song or like just things like that that help kind of like I'm sure you probably hear it. It's like 
you hear these big reverbs and then it's like, you know what I mean? It's just like cool yeah. little ways to just like help transition the scenes without actually adding any music. Um, but again, like you don't want to add, add too much of that. You just want it to be really simple. Before you were saying that production is obviously like your go-to, that's what you want to focus on. If another opportunity came up like this, though, would you take it? Would you do another film score? Depends. You know, if, if Black Panther 2 comes knocking, I'm probably not going to turn it down. Uh, but no, <laughs> in, in general, like, I've always loved... The one thing I've always kind of hated about, I guess, my career, or I've always kind of seen, like, the fact that I can do so many things as, like, a problem, actually. Whereas, like, now for the first mm. time, I'm realizing, like, hey, the fact that I can do video and I can do this and I can do this is all like uh, a great skill set to have. But I got to be more focused in where I put that attention and stuff because, um, you know, I could do all this other stuff and then I would realize a whole year goes by and I didn't work with any artists or make any beats. And that's what I love to do. That's what yeah. energizes me and keeps me going. So, yeah, at this point in my career, like I'm really focused on um, getting some placements, uh, doing stuff like the VST and drum kits and samples. Uh, I really want to venture more into like YouTube and show people how to do some of the stuff that I've done with scoring and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there's a bunch of things that I want to do that are like more production focused rather than, I guess, just being the executor, you know what I mean? Being behind the board somewhere yeah. doing it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really focused on, <clears throat> excuse me, really focused on uh, uh, music production for this year. And I know recently you got a, a major placement with Russ. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. So, on the number one and that. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, that actually, it's so funny how things happen because when the, you know, the film took, I don't know, roughly two years or something like that. So my world was, mm -hmm. I was really immersed in that world and I didn't have a lot of time to, to make beats and samples and, and follow up with people just because I was so busy over there. So when the film... Um, uh, ended in August or September where when August 28th, I think it came out. Um, when that ended, I was really focused on like, okay, got to get to the studio, got to make beats and stuff. And within like, yeah, like six, seven months or something, I was able to like, uh, check off one of my bucket list dreams, which I've always had of like, you know, being on the billboard top 100 and, uh, working with like yeah. a billboard artists. And so, yeah, I was able to do that. Um, thanks to my good friend, Illmind. And, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's, uh, for anyone that's out there, like chasing after that dream, keep chasing because like, uh, my story is that it took me in a weird way, in a roundabout way, you know, almost 10 years to make this finally happen. And, uh, I'm not only proud of what I was able to do, but like, uh, it's an amazing feeling when, when something like that happens. So if you're out there like chasing after your dreams, like do not give up. It can happen in so many different ways. Like we're so, uh, you know, the reason I got connected with Ilmine is I went to hit one of his, um, past the ox events like two years ago, you know? So that's something oh, that's a relationship that I went to one of those in, um, in London last year. Yeah. So like, it's things like that, that like we all can be doing and we should be doing more of cause you never know where they're going to go. Like nothing happened overnight, but here two years later, um, I have this relationship with, with an individual and, uh, we're able to like create a record that, that ends up getting played on Jimmy Kimmel and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, the main point I'm trying to just say there is like, if you're watching this and you're at all thinking about like, uh, you know, not going to that event or not making that beat today or not posting that YouTube video. Like you just got to do it. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Ilmine loves to say like the lottery ticket event. It's like, these are all little lottery tickets and you never know which one's going to be the one that, that hits. So, uh, every day you got to get up and you just got to try something new and, uh, uh, go do it guys. Yeah. 
I feel you. Yeah. So how, how did um how did that placement come about? Yeah. So uh, I did the blap. So uh, another great thing that happened, obviously, after um, the Travis film, is I had a chance to um, go on producer grind. I had a chance to go on uh, blap chat, and when I was on blap chat, um, uh, we were just talking about how I was starting to blend all these like cinematic cinematic things into my samples, which I'm still doing today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just felt like it was kind of something that I hadn't really heard before. A lot of people are using Omnis and stuff like that and like i was using like pitch down uh, string plucks from like old violins just weird stuff like that and uh he heard that yeah. and was like yo send me some samples i'd love to check it out so i sent him some samples and one of them ended up being um uh, the patience record he flipped that added some drums and stuff took it to the studio mm-hmm. russ laid down the track and like it's as simple as that, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, it's at the end of the day, just like continuing to build with people and, and, and having that faith. Um, cause that what, like I said, it wasn't an overnight thing. Yeah. Thing, these things take time in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. I was very naive. Mm-hmm. I thought that I, I'm not going to lie. Like the first, maybe like 20 beats I made, I always used to think, Oh, if Drake just heard this yeah. one beat, yeah. It's going to be out of here. Like, he's going to jump on it. It's going to be sick. Yeah. But obviously, it doesn't really work like that. No. Things take time. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Just got to keep moving. Yeah. One And one of the things that I love, though, about, like, you and other individuals that I'm seeing, and I want to try and incorporate more in my life, too, is, like... Um, these opportunities can happen a lot faster if you're doing things like uploading to YouTube or SoundCloud or putting mm-hmm. your stuff, you know, distributing it yourself through DistroKid. I think there's a long, there's kind of that old school mentality of like, oh, you need a record company or a Drake or whatever. And it's like, no, go find the Drake, become the record company. Become, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you have all the power to do the exact same thing that these other individuals are doing. And if we can do more of that and, and, and showcase more of that, then I think there's going to be more people being able to like, uh, you know, com- complete and check off all those bucket list goals that they might have. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm really focused on myself this year is like taking, um, you know, getting myself uh, to the finish line and, and, and not, uh, you know, waiting on anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like really randomly before you was talking about like going back and forth between L.A. Mm-hmm. and you're in Toronto. Do you think it's beneficial for music producers to to live in these major hubs or to frequently visit these these major hubs yeah that's a great question and it's something i'm still trying to figure out myself because i live in toronto uh yes it's a hub Mm -hmm. but like to be honest with you like the music world kind of lives in la so the one thing that i've noticed there's what i've what it's boiled down to is like it all depends on the life that you want Um, And that's something that I think all of us should ask ourselves is like, what do we want at the end of the day? Because I know a lot of great individuals that still live here in Toronto that uh, have families and friends here. Let's say it's their their hometown or whatever. And they're able to do amazing big records and stuff like that. They don't live in these big cities. Mm -hmm. I have friends that live in rural parts of like Canada that are still getting crazy placements. Um, So you don't have to be in one of these hubs. But if you are in one of those hubs, it can be like, I guess like the hyperbolic time chamber in the sense of like, everybody's in LA. And the fact that you could go to a coffee shop and like meet a post Malone, or you could like go to the studio with the next Drake, like all those things can happen a lot quicker in these places. So, um, 
you know, mm-hmm. but also again, at the end of the day, maybe you're not the type of individual that wants to be a, like a studio rat in the sense of like every day. Like that's the one thing that to me, I kind of don't love about LA is like every single day a studio st- is like dark studio, dark studio, dark studio. And then you realize like, whoa, where have the days been going and everything's kind of blending together, you know? And it's just like, there's yeah. some people that thrive in that environment. And then there's other people that might you know, they could get depressed from something like that. So you got to really look internally and be like, what do I want? Because you can like make a living off of music and, and live wherever you are in the world. And that could be great for you as long as you're okay with that. But if you think like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to be the next, I'm going to be, if you say to yourself, I'm going to be the biggest producer in the world, I'm going to have, you know, 30 records every year with Taylor Swift and stuff like that. And you're not living in LA. I think something like that is like, well, look at all the people that are doing that. It's like, they're all in LA and they're all, you know, you know what I mean? You got to essentially just, if you really believe you're going to get to a place, you got to look at the people that are already there and kind of emulate some of of what they're doing and stuff. And so I think if you, if we all internally take a closer look at what we really want, um, I think we'll all be a bit happier because then, you know, if you really just wanted to have one placement this year, uh, then maybe it doesn't matter uh, about going to LA, just DM a bunch of artists and that'll probably happen. But if you're saying, Hey, I want to work with the tailors and, and I want to be the next dr dre then there's a good chance that you need to develop an artist you need to go to la you need to have a record deal you haven't you may need all those things so it really boils down to whatever Mm -hmm. you want at the end okay and but no actually that's a that's a sick answer Mm. It's just got me thinking, like, what do I want? <laughs> yeah, no, it's something. It's so funny. I'm still asking myself that too because you know I love. Yeah. You know I love this little apartment that I'm in in in, in Toronto, and uh, you know, you know, LA is not necessarily right now um, the place that I want to call home, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay if I get maybe mm-hmm. a couple less things because I can do sample packs, I can do YouTube videos, I can do all this other stuff. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think it's something that might change in the future that you'd want to? maybe make the big jump there it depends on the coronavirus <laughs> just joking <laughs> no uh yeah uh, definitely i mean the good thing about like you know being in toronto i'm only three or four hours away from la i can always hop on a flight so yeah. it's not something that I'm, I'm upset about or anything uh or kind of debating also um there's so many like like drake all these guys are here in toronto so like there's crazy opportunities here too like i i kind of have the best of both worlds do you work with a lot of toronto artists then or is that something you want to do try and develop in the city as well yeah uh i'm starting to now um yeah there's a lot of amazing talent here i'm not originally from toronto so it has been kind of like um it's been really cool for me to see there must be something in the water here (laughs) there's a lot of great artists a lot of great producers that i'm super inspired by uh for the night god bless eli martin soul jordan manswell like these are producers that like we should all i mean if you don't know you're going to know in the next coming years like that's the new wave of, of production out of the city um and then when it comes to artists and stuff i've really been um uh Loving working with an, an artist named Chris LaRocca. Um, he's more like R&B. Mm-hmm. He does like pop stuff. Um, so we've been working together, which has been really fun because it's kind of got me out of my element. We're almost doing like more like what Timbaland and Timberlake did, uh, you know, with like like with that type of music. So that's been really fun. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's a bunch of different artists and stuff um, around here. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely in the mindset right now that like again, and this is a point I touched on earlier. It's like if you say you want to be the next Dre, you have to look at 
at uh, how Dre became Dre. Well, he had Snoop Dogg, you know, Metro Boomin at 21. Uh, Drake has 40. It's like there's all these kind of if you really want to get to that place where you're seen as, you know, iconic and stuff, you have to develop and, and break artists. So part of my push over the next little bit will be trying to discover and, and work with some individuals so that I can create, uh, you know, the sound or whatever that that becomes popular. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. you. Um, so I know you've got the the new plugin drop in 16th of March yeah. Octave. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah, man. So Octave, uh, how do I, the, the, this, the way that I can like the analogy, I know we love to use like the cook up analogy or whatever. So, um, Octave itself is like, um, you know, me giving you, uh, uh, my recipes, uh, basically. So Octave is not only samples that I've created, but it's also the sounds that were used in those samples all housed in a nice little VST that works in all DAWs from FL studio to logic mm-hmm. and Mac NPC. So like, yeah, the samples are kind of like a way for me to show you what's possible. And then having access to those same sounds is now a chance for you to kind of create new ideas and stuff. So, um, yeah, the whole idea behind octave was like um honestly just like i wanted to create almost like a collaboration piece because um you know with me i love i you know, I buy a lot of samples and stuff like that i love going farther and like listening to the stems and stuff i find that really interesting to be like which instruments did they use and how did they chop that up but there was always that extra yeah. layer or that level of like man i wish i could just play that stuff <laughs> you know um because i love some of those sound combinations together so like octave the vst was a way for me to do that so like i said yeah you can grab the samples you can flip them you can open up the stems and see what i did and then lastly you can open up the vst and not all of the sounds because obviously some of them came off of a bunch of random instruments and stuff like that but um you know there's my guitar in there uh, there's stuff that i recorded at legendary conway studios at this place called synth palace like they're just some amazing sounds mm-hmm. the same sound uh, that i used on the rust placement that we were talking about earlier uh is in there so yeah just these cool combinations that i've kind of curated and i'm just kind of like letting them go um so that other individuals can 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 use them sick man i'm i just downloaded it the other day i haven't played yep. around with it yet but i'm looking forward to like getting proper into it playing around with the keys and yeah that. I'm really excited for the launch because, like, another thing that I did with this, too, um, is I got rid of basically all the knobs. <laughs> uh, I realized, at least, uh, you know, through my own lens, whenever I open up FL Studio and I open up, whether it's Omnisphere, Archery, or whatever, it's, like, a million knobs that I don't use mm-hmm. and, like, 7,000 presets that I have to go through. And, honestly, that has almost become, like, the killer of, of my creativity and has caused mm. beat block. Um, because like I'll come up with a cool melody and then like to click there through a thousand different bells. It's just like, I wish that somebody kind of curated that sound. Yeah. Um, I see what you for me. Yeah. So what I did through the process with, you know, hanging out with my friends and, and trying different plugins and stuff, we got rid of like a bunch of the filters and knobs that you don't usually use. And we just left the ones that you do need, like the vinyl effect, the wobble of the vinyl yeah. reverb, uh, you know, your release and stuff like that, uh, glide. So just the things that you need and a big cutoff filter in the center. And then outside of that, the sounds are just like curated, obviously to, to, to my ear and my taste. So it's like this nice, small little, 
little pack, but it's super powerful because you know that like all these things work really well together. Um, and, uh, you know, the user interface is like, it's not overwhelming or scary. Cause I know sometimes like with sound design and stuff, it can be like that. So I kind of wanted to just do all of that for you. Yeah. I saw, um, your stories of going to these places with these crazy yeah. simps and you just like sampling and playing them yeah, out. And- how was that? Uh, honestly, a great experience. Uh, there's a place that's not too far away from me. It's in Montreal, Canada, but like, um, you know, a six hour drive or so. And I've been going there quite a bit. Um, it's basically like a museum of, of vintage synthesizers, like, you know, you know, $15,000 mm-hmm. synths, you know, $30,000 synths that I would never have access to. Um, so to be able to go there and use all this cool analog vintage, I know analog and vintage gear is like really in right now. Uh, or at least like fake stuff. This is the real stuff that takes you like three hours of turning on and off (laughs) the equipment because it keeps going out of tune. You know what I mean? So like there's like the real of the real. So it was a pleasure to do um, some creation in that. And then I also right behind me, I have the wonderful Moog uh, One and some other equipment and stuff. So I did that. And then also just like in my traveling with like the Travis film and all these other pieces, I've been able to kind of collect these sounds and stuff. And so I, I even worked a lot of those in. So really it's kind of like this curated selection over the last year um, of like some of my favorite yeah. sounds that I've, that I've found that I've been using in my, in my samples and stuff. And then the other part of those sounds and stuff is um, the sample pack, which I'm super, super proud of. That's really like, that's like as much as I'm super excited about the VST, which is his own thing. The sample pack I'm super, super excited about because I mean, Samples is how I got my first, you know, billboard placement and stuff. Um, And uh, I have never released a pack. This is my first debut pack. It's my first public pack. I've just been sending to, like, the producers in my kind of small network. Um, So I'm really excited to see what, like, the world can do with these because a lot of them have just kind of been sitting in my laptop as songs that I just love or little snippets of music that I love listening to. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the idea that like this is going to be released to to the world and they're going to have like uh, just this collection of, of pieces of audio that I love. Like, I'm so thrilled about that. And I'm like, I'm almost I'm more excited to hear what people do with them, because um, I know that people are going to like people are going to flip the samples. I'm going to be like, is that even my sample? You know what I mean? Like, I'm excited for that. because yeah, I know yeah. I've done that with other people's stuff. Um, and then on top of that, too, like um, to be o- totally honest with you, like. I've now over the last couple of months kind of grown a, a network and I'm trying to get more placements and stuff. And so like, you know, anybody that, that uses this stuff and uh, wants to send it to me, like I am super happy if it is fire, uh, it's getting sent out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause like that would be mm-hmm. like a win. That'd be honestly like a big, a big, big win, not only for myself, but you know, if I could, you know, have somebody that, that loves the VST or loves the samples also win with me like that, that would be like amazing. That's like a goal of mine to have happen out of this whole thing. Um, so I'm really going to try and have that thing happen too. So yeah, man, all around, I'm really excited. Yeah. It's, it's going to be cool to see like one day watching a genius video of someone's beat breakdown and they've got octave in the background. Like, yeah, I use this key. That is literally like, I have that on the list of like things that I want to happen with this. Um, that is like right at the top is like, I want somebody to open up genius decoded and be like, yeah, the sound came from, and then it's like, boom, octave is right there on the screen. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to get it out and, uh, let everybody have it. Mm hmm. So when it drops on the 16th of March, where can people go to, to check yeah, that so out? Yeah, so if you just go to www.octavevst.com, 
Um, you can get the samples, you can get the VST, and it's also coming with a bonus drum kit and MIDI kit, just because like, I've never done anything like this, and I wanted to kind of make it special. So I teamed up with my homie Nick Luscom. Uh, he's produced a bunch of like Billboard tracks, 21 Savage, Gunsmoke, and stuff, and we did um, the drum pack together, and then I have like the MIDI pack too. So all around, like it's a very powerful... I don't know, system tool. I'm calling it a production suite. Essentially, it is. Like, you have all the elements mm-hmm. you need. Um, and right now, for this limited time, it's only twenty nine ninety nine too. So I'm keeping, like, the price point really, really low um, just because, like, I know there's, like, a lot of value there. And I know a lot of people are going to um, be able to, to use this and get records and make things happen for themselves. And so, like, I want to keep it at a place where, like, uh, anybody can have access to it. You know what I mean? So Because I, under- I understand, yeah. like, this instrument behind me is $10,000. You know what I mean? it's like it's an expensive piece of equipment and not everybody has access to those but those things but i i feel like through doing this like i'm kind of giving everybody as much access as i can um you know to all the the tools and equipment that i have as well too so yeah sick man and uh so what's in the future for my best friend jacob what have you uh, I mean, my U- my you my YouTube channel is about to take over yours, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, honestly, uh, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I'm hoping, uh, you know, for anybody that might be watching this and not know my story is that, um, yeah, this year I'd love to, I'd love to tell more of my story and showcase more of my story by doing like, you know, I'm going to be really uh, heavy in, in, in my YouTube and uh, on my Instagram and stuff like that. I feel like um, something that we just touched on kind of off camera before this is, um, is about ownership. And I think within the production community, we do so much for so many people and it's time to take back some of that power for ourselves. And I know for me, Octave mm-hmm. is just the first step of that. And I hope anybody that's watching this um, sees these type of things that that I might be doing, that you might be doing, that all the other people in the community are doing and sees that as a, a way to empower themselves and start that YouTube channel, get the IG pop and put out their own sample pack, like make an instrument if you want to do that, like whatever you kind of dream you can do. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to push this year. Um, and I think I can I can do that for sure. That's awesome, yeah. man. Let people know where they can find you what your instagram is all that yeah. good stuff so it is jacob uh sorry it is at my best friend jacob that's me on instagram um yeah like definitely check out the uh uh the instrument uh if you're kind enough then we can hopefully put like a, a link down there or something um if uh, it's mm-hmm. just for it, sure it's, yeah it's yeah www.octavevst.com um and uh yeah hit me up on instagram i'd love to know your thoughts um let me know what you do with that's again like i said the thing that i'm really interested in is like seeing what what people are going to do with these samples and with the instruments so like yeah i'm just i'm excited man i'm I'm so excited sick man well, i gotta thank you for coming on the podcast thank you. taking the time out to just have a chat and that yeah, appreciate you and i'm proper looking forward to the launch of octavia team man it's gonna yeah, be sick thank you so much and uh yeah thank you and yeah that's about it for this episode with my best friend jacob i really hope you enjoyed this episode he dropped a lot of gems a ton of gems if you want to check out his Octave plugin, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes if you're on Spotify or Apple and a link in the description as well if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're on Apple, please, 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 please leave a review. It will really, really help the podcast. And yeah, that's about it for this podcast right here. See you in the next one.